In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, mate? I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be the first of our sort of bringing on fans from other teams and chatting to them. So it's an exciting podcast we're looking to launch and continue across the season. Yeah, good. I've got uh, one of my draft members, fancy football over in the States, Ryan. Ryan McDonald, you're on the other end. Ryan, can you hear us? Yeah, loud and clear. How are you guys? Yeah, we're very good here, mate. We're sitting here with Coronas, um, ready for the podcast. Very nice. I'm sitting here with a pint of Guinness myself. Very nice. You a big Guinness drinker? Uh, yeah, I uh, probably since last year actually, and uh, it's probably my favorite beer now. <laughs> and have you ever tried a black currant? I've actually not tried it. No, mate. There's a top tip for you, mate. Pour a bit of black currant in your Guinness. It tastes like a um, berry smoothie. So uh, Berry smoothie. Oh, all right. I'll have to try that then. That sounds pretty interesting. Nice to do it for a, a brunch, uh, maybe some uh, Saturday morning. <laughs> good, good, good. Anyway, this is not an um, alcoholic uh, podcast. We're a Browns podcast. But yeah, Ryan, thank you very much for your time. It's good to finally speak with you. Ryan, why are you a Bills fan? Well, I am born and raised in Buffalo, New York, and uh, if anybody's ever been to Buffalo, New York, uh, we are very, very prideful people of our hometown. Anything that has to do with Buffalo, we talk about it. Everyone's all about it. They're like, oh, new things are happening. Like, oh, we have this going on in downtown, or we have, oh, the Bills are doing this, or the Buffalo Sabres are doing this, and uh, obviously got brought right into it. So, so yeah, but, well, you, you've um, passed the uh, playoff drought to us now. Pretty much, yeah. And that's uh, it's on to you guys. And it was what two thousand one since the second incarnation of the Browns, and you guys haven't unfortunately made it to the playoffs at that time. That's uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's just some towns that really just get the short end of the stick. But you know, it's uh, I think I think the uh, brighter brighter times are ahead in this case for both teams. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple seasons yeah. for sure. We're based in London. We've got to talk about it. Football, soccer. Uh, are you a big soccer fan? Uh, I'm not. I'm not really a big soccer fan. But if I was the, uh, if any team, it would be Chelsea. Good man. <laughs> and why Chelsea? Uh, well, uh, I say just from uh, some other friends that may have known the team, and some other friends that don't like the team. In this case, you know, made it easy to make it more competitive, uh, not liking the team that uh, my uh, one of my good friends doesn't like. So. Yeah, he's a Spurs fan, right? Mm, yeah, that's unfortunate for him. So. <laughs> okay, good. And a quick question: What body part are you willing to give up for Bills to win the Super Bowl? Ah, oh, well, I don't know. It's a, that's a tough. That's a tough question. I mean, nothing would make the city of Buffalo happier than uh, winning a Super Bowl. Um, but I'm also very. Uh, I, I like to have my body parts. But I mean, if I guess if I was a part with one, maybe I'd say uh, I get rid of my uh, get rid of my belly. For all the, uh, <laughs> all this, uh, 
beers of sorrow that we drank over the past 17, 18 years of not making the playoffs and uh, all the other sorts of uh, unrighteous things that we've consumed throughout the year, just to, to relinquish all of that and just be done with all the bad and bring in the, the new good. Uh, yeah, let's get rid of the belly. I'm good with that. Let it go. I think the I think the girls would be okay with that yeah. too. So, you know. <laughs> I think that's going to be a very popular answer with podcasts to come when people are going up. Get rid of the beer belly. Yeah, I'll get rid yeah, of the beer I, belly. <laughs> The beer belly, not the beer. Beer stays. Um, <laughs> that, that can't go. That's not. No, no. Um, but yeah, I don't know, maybe you guys should ban that as an answer from now on. But you know, I just wanted to take advantage of it before it uh, <laughs> uh, before it did become popular. But yeah, quick uh, on the spot question: Who would you like to go for a drink with with the Browns organization? Oh, the Browns organization. Um, man, it would probably be. Uh, Paul Data Podesta, definitely. Uh, just a sheer numbers man, business uh, oriented. Just uh, obviously with Moneyball and everything he's done there, and uh, things that he's doing over at the uh, Browns organization. That would be somebody I would like to. Uh, yeah, I would love to share a beer with. That'd be an amazing conversation. You could probably learn so much about that. One of uh, Jack's favorites. Yep, I love him. It's the only reason I'm a Browns fan. Uh, hey, I can't blame me on there. It's uh, it was exciting when they brought him in a few years ago. Yeah, what's your views on uh, tie rod, or should we call him toe rod? Uh, quite, I'm, uh, I'm sure Ryan's going to love him. <laughs> this is the yeah, guy that single-handedly broke the Buffalo Bills preseason drought, took the team on his back, and did it all by himself. So surely it's got to be positive things, Ryan. Oh yeah, um, not at all. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, people saying, "Oh, tie rod," put you know, he was the one who did it. No, it's not true. Uh, now. There are pros and cons to Tyrod Taylor. The thing is with Tyrod Taylor, his pros, you know, he's a great running quarterback. He can stretch the field. You know, you can't just let him sit in the box and do what he wants. Like, you got you to gotta contain him. Otherwise, he'll just run off for 15 yards. It's not good. Um, he can throw a good deep ball. You know, he'll, he'll stretch the field, throw it down there. The problem is, is that where's the middle ground at that point? He can do some screen passes, but he can't, he can't throw up the middle for life of him. He cannot throw up the middle. And it's kind of unfortunate. You guys have Jarvis Landry, you know, so we'll see how that works out because everyone's theory is like, oh, Tyrod Taylor had bad wide receivers in Buffalo. And I'm going to argue against that. Now, they weren't great wide receivers, but I'll still argue that they're good. Three wide receivers that he had, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, uh, Marquise Goodwin. Uh, two of them went to the L.A. Rams last year. Both were successful. They weren't super successful, but they had success. Um, and then you had uh, Marquise Gooden went to the San Francisco 49ers. Again, he was a track all-star, so he's blazing fast. But uh, he did pretty well with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo there. Um, so I'd say that's uh, – uh, it's you look at those sorts of stats and you think, you know, like, mm, you know what? <sighs> Maybe he – okay, he never had a Josh Gordon. Okay, well, not many teams have a Josh Gordon. Um, actually, no team has a Josh Gordon because <laughs> Josh Gordon uh, generally likes to shoot himself in the foot and just can't get out of his own way. It's a real shame because he's as talented as Calvin Johnson. and Mega It's just like this guy could be a complete all-star every single season. It doesn't matter what quarterback he plays with. He elevates the play of other quarterbacks. So, yeah. What do you make of the uh, new two rookies? We got Baker Mayfield. You got, I'd argue, one of the top tight ends in the draft in Josh Allen because he can't throw, so it must be a tight end. So... <laughs> Are you happy I mean, with what you got, or uh, are you seriously questioning why on earth he was drafted before day three of the NFL draft? I think he's a solid six-round pick, and uh, some people in the uh, Browns are going, oh, you got drafted, you can throw the ball hard. You don't take the best person at the golf driving range and expect them to win the Masters. So, 
What do you reckon? Josh Allen? Is he just a joke? <sighs> Let me take a big uh, drink of beer before I answer that question there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, joking aside there, um, I don't know. Josh Allen is uh, is a polarizing uh, prospect, to say the least. Uh, that guy's arm, if you've ever seen his arm just throwing, like, and then you'll see it tomorrow. But when you see the actual... Uh, see him live and throw the ball, he's got a cannon. And it's so mesmerizing that you go like, oh my God, this guy could just, he could whip the ball down the field effortlessly. He threw a 60-yard bomb in his first, first pass in the preseason. Just threw it down there. Most quarterbacks have to take a five or seven step drop almost before even they can launch that sucker to even go that far. He, two-step drop, whoop, just throws it effortlessly down the field. And granted, he threw it a little bit out of bounds for a receiver. <laughs> Josh Allen special. Yeah, it is. It takes a certain type of special. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it's 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 really like wow. Like that guy's got a. That's that's a Madden arm right there. Like that is Madden. You know, ninety nine percent arm strength. Like you just throw it down the field. Like wow, that's that's impressive. Uh, you don't see many arms like that. So it's very easy to fall in love with that. Now you have the cons in this case. He's very. He's not in. Uh, he's not accurate. He's pretty much very inaccurate for the most part. I mean, his college completion percentage was fifty six percent. I think that's awful. That is absolutely dreadful. And he wasn't even in a. He wasn't even a. What do you call it? Uh, top tier school. He was. Uh, everyone also fell in love with him because of the Carson Wentz situation, where he wasn't in that top tier school and he wasn't that. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Division one A or whatever the heck it's called. I can't even remember at this point. Um, <clears throat> Um, now, on the other hand, for you guys, for Baker Mayfield, it's another interesting. I would say he's almost another polarizing prospect at this point too. Um, he can make plays, yeah. but at the end of the day, like you guys drafted Johnny Manziel 2.0, like a better Johnny Manziel. Like I didn't like Johnny Manziel coming out of college. I like Baker Mayfield more. He's a little bit more developed in this case. He's more. He's obviously more pro ready. There's no doubt about that. Ryan, but, Ryan, uh, Ryan, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Johnny Manziel 2.0. Sorry, what, oh, yeah. what are you getting your takes off of? A cereal box. This is a player with amazing completion percentage. It's the best we've seen in recent yes. history in college. Johnny Manziel is a quarterback that he likes to run around. You've got a quarterback which he grabbed his crotch. Just because he grabbed his crotch in one game doesn't make him Johnny Manziel. This is a guy that is the polar opposite to Johnny Manziel. Not just because he might not be six foot four doesn't make him the next elite quarterback. You literally took a guy that belongs at a fairground throwing balls as hard as he can, and you come on it. And you start having a go about our boy Baker. Nah, 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 we're not having that. It's all about shake and bake, baby. He is taking this team the distance, and no one's going, oh, Drew Brees, he's a midget, can't play in the NFL. Russell Wilson, oh, he just runs around in circles. You don't know what he's doing. The whole idea that the NFL is this old boys game of you've got to be six foot four and you've got to throw the ball 60 yards on every play. Nah, the game's moved on. It's all about the short, accurate passing game. Brady's shown it. You've now got Shanahan doing that sort of stuff. You've got other teams. Nick Foles did a lot of it. A lot of mesh plays and um, lots of sort of college style things. So, no, shake and bake, baby. He's going all the way and he's no Johnny Manziel. Ryan, I've got a quick question for you. Ryan, a quick question for you. Who do you think is going to be your um, starting QB? Um, I mean, you would think it'd be McCarron because that's what you brought him in for. He has more experience. He's had more years in the NFL to develop. But at this point, Peterman's giving him run for his money right now. And uh, and uh, you know, everyone's like, "Oh God, Nathan Peterman! Wow, your quarterback room really sucks." It's just like, well, I mean, yes, you can argue that. I'm not going to argue against it, but. 
the same time, too, Nathan Peterman has actually done an excellent job of getting past uh, where he was, you know, that last season, the five-interception game, or even when he got thrown into the Jacksonville game, he still threw an interception. Um, he's really pushing for more. He's not letting that bother him, and he's growing as a quarterback. Ryan, if you had a... If you had a choice going to the start of the season, would you be want to start him with Tyrod Taylor or AJ McCarron? I'm going to go with AJ McCarron because I already know what I'm going to get with Tyrod Taylor um, and uh, this sort of thing. And you actually mentioned it with your, uh, or Jack mentioned it in his previous argument with Baker Mayfield, is that it, this, and I completely agree, the game is up the middle. Like slot receivers, you got to slice and dice, you got to be able to dissect defenses, you got to get move those change, you know, whether you're getting three yards here, five yards here, ten yards here. It's not all about the big games. And that's also why people fall in love with Josh Allen because he is the big games, he is that playmaker sort of thing. To me, Tyrod Taylor, he's not capable of doing it. So I'm going to go with McCarron because I've just, he has stepped into games. He has put his teams in position to be able to do that. He can throw off the middle. Now, granted, he doesn't have amazing arm strength. He doesn't have you know superior talent in this case or raw talent compared to like a Josh Allen or something like that. But if he can get the job done, that's all we need to do. So, but here's the thing about AJ McCarron. He has spent so long in free agency, no one really wanted him. The only two people in the NFL that love AJ McCarron is Hugh Jackson and the Haslams. And if there's anything that says, I'm a bad player, when only Hugh Jackson and the Haslams love you, then you're obviously not very good. So considering they tried to give up a second and third round pick for this guy, he then sat in free agency, was it for a week or two? No one wanted to touch him. Tyrod Taylor might not be perfect, but if you've got a top sort of 12, top 16 defense, at least you can win. AJ McCarron getting beaten out and Peterman's better than he was uh, with the insane interceptions in that game. But no way is he, yeah. is, is he a great player. And if he's getting beat out, then yeah, move on, mate. It's, it's not a good story. So Tyrod Taylor wins that battle every day. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's not perfect. I understand all your worries. They're the same worries I have. And I think a lot of Browns fans are getting a bit carried away. But no way is Tyrod all day walks over AJ. It's just, it's hands down. I wouldn't necessarily say it walks down, but I mean, yeah, I'm not saying mine's a very popular opinion in this case, but I mean, well, maybe it is with Bills fans because they're just tired of seeing Tyrod Taylor. I mean, we've had him for three seasons. It was unfortunate because when we first got Tyrod Taylor, we were very excited about him because he was making plays, he was dynamic, he was able to do things, but again, defense has figured him out. Yeah, and another, player that, another player that came over was uh, EJ Gaines. What's your view on him? I like EJ Gaines. That was a great pickup for you guys. Um, you guys had trouble in the backfield last year. He's going to really help you, especially he's a slot cornerback. Um, his biggest problem, like he was good actually. He was originally on the Rams, and the Rams got tired of him because he kept getting injured. Uh, someone like another player maybe uh, talk about later. But, uh, you know, he got tired, and he was given a fresh start. He came to the Bills, and he came to a solid defense, and he had a – he wasn't a number one corner, but he was a supporting – piece on the, the chessboard that really added to the defense and he was a slot receiver and that's honestly that's becoming more and more valuable in today's NFL anyways because it's like we mentioned earlier in this case you're going up the middle you slot wide receivers those types of players are becoming you know you need to defend more against them because that's what happens and EJ Gaines is great against that he's a solid number two if you guys have Denzel right there and I forget you guys have another cornerback I can't remember the top of my name uh, there's, there's, yeah. there's quite a few we brought in lots of sort of uh, cornerbacks on oh, short deals, I, so I think EJ Gaines is competing for an outside job. Where he lands on that, who knows? It's it's pretty up in the air at the minute. Ward looks like a starter. 
everyone else. Mitchell's sort of the slight favourite. But I think tomorrow, when that game's going on, will be a massive indication on uh, who's going to be the starter. Absolutely. And um, he was our number two last year, and he did excellent. Our pass defense last year was actually pretty good. Um, we had a couple games where it was gutted. Uh, but if you don't count those games, like our pass defense was probably top ten in the NFL. Oh, that was doubt. really good. And what's your... Obviously, you know, Sorry, Ryan. Sorry, go ahead. And the, yeah, go. The, the one we wanted to know really a lot about was Corey Coleman. Mm. Well, I mean, I would like to thank the Cleveland Browns organization for taking <laughs> a bag of peanuts for oh, Corey gosh. Coleman. Um, you guys really kind of botched it on that one. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mince words with that whatsoever. I mean, it's a low risk move for us. We gave him. A, Gave you guys a 2020 seventh round draft pick. It's not even this year's draft. It's next year's draft. It's almost two years away at this point. I mean, for a first round talent. And Corey Coleman has had success on the Browns. To say that he's not had success on the Browns is foolish. His problem is that inconsistencies lie in the fact that he's been injured and he's not been able to stay on the field and actually develop as a player. And on top of that, with your really piss poor quality quarterback play and uh, wide receiver, what do you call it? well, even supporting talent at that point, other wide receivers. I mean, he could get double covered if he needed to at that point. But uh, yeah, an offensive coordinator too. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't good. I mean, uh, and a lot of players, like you said, a fresh start. That's what they need. That's what happened with DJ Gaines last year. He needed a fresh start. Came to Buffalo and he excelled. He did great. Uh, we had Jerry Hughes. We put him. We brought him over from the Colts. The Colts who can't. De- uh, draft defensive players to save their life. They drafted Jerry Hughes, and all of a sudden, you know, he's on our team, and you know, he's a stud. Like, and it's like, oh, he just needed a fresh start. Came over our team, excelled, and, uh, and I think that's probably. I mean, I hope that's what happens. We'll see. It's yet to be seen, but I mean, there's definitely room for him to take command of the uh, wide receiver room in Buffalo and excel there, and uh, pretty much uh, shove it to the Browns for you know just throwing him to the curb like that. I mean, it's. It's, uh, it's unfortunate that the way that's happened, but I mean, at least for you guys, for me, it's great. As a Bills fan, I love it, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you guys, we gave you a bag of peanuts for it. I don't know what else to say. Like, <laughs> uh, I fully agree. I'd much rather we kept Corey Coleman. I think it was a risk worth having him for one more year and seeing what happened. Here's the next question that I really want to know about. Can I, I worry you've got a good start in secondary, and I don't think anyone would doubt that. So Tyrod Taylor's probably going to have a, a tough time, but... When my boy, our boy, everyone in Cleveland's boy, Baker Mayfield rolls onto the field, what's your starting, sort of, not your starting, your second defence like? Is he going to carve you up like he carved up the Giants and I think he's going to carve up a lot more teams? Or uh, have you got that depth to give him a real challenge? Because the Giants, in all honesty, they're pretty weak. So even though Baker did a lot of good things, how good is he? We don't quite know yet. So, what's that second team defense like? It's uh, we. I would say we don't really have a lot of depth in this case. I we have some decent backups in this case, but not enough in order to uh, overtake anything. Like our defensive line backups, I say are pretty solid. Like we have some good defensive ends and we have some good defensive tackles that are going to be backups in this case. And one of them being our third round draft pick, uh, uh, Philip Harrison. Uh, at that point, like he's supposed to overtake for our starting uh, defensive tackle Kyle Williams. You have him. So I think our defensive line is good. Uh, linebackers, literally nothing. It's literally just you might as well not even put traffic cones there. It'll probably be better than what we have. Um, and then if you look at, uh, I would say, probably our backfield, mm, it's, it's maybe okay in this case. There's really not a lot of depth. 
I would say in our our backfield, it's okay. It's, it's way better than our linebackers, but it's not as good as our stop. So I think Baker Mayfield will probably have a pretty good time. Uh, I honestly, if I were to predict what he's going to get, I was probably going to say somewhere around maybe I'd say maybe like fourteen for twenty, uh, probably one hundred twenty yards, one hundred fifty yards. Or, I'm sorry, no, no. Uh, that's uh, thinking if that's one quarter series, two quarters, he'll probably play for two quarters. So let's bump it up to one hundred eighty yards. Probably get a touchdown, maybe a rushing touchdown too. Uh, Bills love to give up rushing touchdowns, so that's why I say he's going to get one. And uh, maybe if he's a little, if he's lucky, he won't get an interception. So we'll see what happens. But I think he'll have a pretty, he'll he should probably look good against the Bills' backup defense. And uh, for the whole season, how many wins do you think the Bills are going to get? <sighs> um, it's going to be a step down from last season. Last season, uh, to be honest, the. If you were to replay last season from the Bills, I'd say we go six and ten. Uh, no way we went nine and seven the way we did. We had some insane luck go our way. Um, but uh, if you just say this season, it's not going to be much different. I don't. Our offense is not solidified enough to, in order to say, "Wow, I feel confident that we can actually win a you know the games. The games that we're going to win, we're going to probably have some trouble with, except for the really really bad teams." Um, but uh, I'd say maybe anywhere between six and ten to eight and eight at most. Uh, if we're lucky, eight and eight. I'll, I'll let you know. I kept this till the end of the podcast because I didn't want to upset you at the start. I have real fear for the Bills this season. They are actually my pick for the number one overall selection. And that is, oh, wow. even though there is a lot of talent on that team, and I do like a lot of the parts, um, there's an insane amount of dead cap. Um, so there's a lot of weakness in that team. And then also, that quarterback room just terrifies me. I just look at them and I just think, it's sort of the this season addition to our quarterback room last year, and I can promise you, mate, it wasn't pretty. So uh, well, I wouldn't rule it out. Get a first overall pick next year, and then either you can take some of this amazing defensive line talent, or you can go actually go out and find a quarterback because I don't think you've got one, mate. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I don't necessarily think that we have one either in this case. I mean, Josh Allen was not one of my favorites. I don't think we're going to be as bad as you're saying. Uh, the Bills have never been... See, the problem with the Bills perpetually losing in this case is they've never been worse enough. Mm-hmm. They've, been just, they've been bad consistently, but they've never been so bad that they've ever gotten the number one draft pick. Uh, we've actually... I don't think the Bills have ever gotten the number one draft pick overall, to be honest. Uh, if we did, it's only once before in the history of the franchise, and we've been around since 1960, so... I mean, that kind of says something. We so, like, can't say the same, Ryan. I, I, I would be on the side that I would either rather be great or be bad. The worst thing is, whether you call it QB purgatory or just NFL purgatory, being in that middle of the road where you're good enough that you don't want to blow it up and rebuild, but then you're bad enough that you're never going to win anything is the worst yeah. place to be. And there's almost sort of this little race it in is. your division to be that team that takes over when... Um, Bill and Tom go and the Patriots aren't the team they are now and uh, it's almost trying to get the balance right that you explode at the right time and you're ready yeah and uh, you know the other thing is too is that I, I want to be able to dethrone the Patriots because then everybody will always hold over it's like oh well the Bills if you end up do becoming good it's just like oh but you had to wait until Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were gone you know, it's like, oh, you're never really truly there. If you were able to live there and actually dethrone them towards the end of the career, okay, sure, you can argue it, but at the end of the day, at least you did it. And, you know, the Bills' uh, record against the Patriots is very similar to the Browns' record against the Steelers, where it's like three or four wins in the past 20, 20 years or something terrible, the, like 30 losses. That's, uh, that's pretty much the equivalent of how terrible we are against our uh, division uh, champions in this case, perpetual champions. 
Ryan, how do you think the Browns are going to get on next year? I really like what the Browns are doing. You guys are really turning it around. Um, I think you could like you could do better in this case. There's always room for improvement. I think you could do maybe a lot better in this case. Um, and maybe Jack, you would like this too because I think John Dorsey is kind of like just you know pretty much running around. Uh, you know, just throwing away the cap room like it's not, like it's candy. You know, just throwing yeah. it out the windows to everybody like he's the flower girl at a wedding. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I really do. It's uh, you guys are probably going to end up honestly around. I say the same record as the Bills. Like I'd say the six and ten, maybe eight and eight. I think you guys will probably you won't start off so great at the beginning because you have the Steelers and the Saints in the beginning with, and that's really that's 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 a brutal one-two punch. That's unfortunate, but. Uh, I think you guys will start picking it up uh, early on because you'll have Tyrod to start getting some success in there. And uh, Tyrod will have early success, and you guys will like him. But later on, you'll start seeing that, you know, defenses will be like, yeah, it's the same Tyrod. We'll just be able to do what we need to at this point. And, uh, you know, he picked apart some defenses, and he had some better teams. But And uh, final question, what do you think the uh, prediction score will be of the, of the uh, Bills-Browns game? Let's say 29 to... 22, I'll give you, I'll be nice, I'll give it to the Browns. Ooh. Jack, what are you going to go with? I'm going to go with 24-7 to the Cleveland Browns. I just think oh. it, it's one of them that once you get up past the sort of first quarter, first teams are off, and I just think we've got quite a lot of second team depth going on quite well. And uh, if you've told me that second team defence for the uh, Bills isn't quite there, then I think shake and bake, baby. He's going to have a field day. Shake and bake. <laughs> shake and bake. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm excited. To, I want to see. Uh, it's just, just a, That's the best time, especially when you have a rookie quarterback. It actually makes preseason more exciting because you get to see what you have from them. You know, it's one of the most exciting. It's the most exciting position in all of sports, to be honest. I mean, who doesn't like seeing the quarterback sling it down the field? Right, I'm going to go with 21-17 to the Browns. 21-17 of the Browns. Okay, well, we're all in agreement. We think the Browns are going to win this game. <laughs> okay, good. But, Ryan, I just want to say thank you very much for your time. Uh, I must say your insights to uh, EJ Gaines, Coleman, and the quarterbacks has been absolutely priceless. So thank you very much for that. Well, I know, unpopular opinions, but, uh, I mean, I try to have some sort of, uh, you know, background or backing with it in this case, and uh, I do appreciate you guys bringing me on your podcast. It's been fun. Uh, it's been a while since I've had a solid football debate. Uh, it's uh, definitely overdue in this case, and I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, potentially, if you guys would invite me back, I'd love to be back in this case, and uh, chatting with some other people would be a lot of fun. Good, so. good, Ryan. When you're in London, let's meet up, and we can do a... Uh podcast in life maybe we can do like a live tv show or something i don't know let's go a bit crazy oh that'd be, I, I would love that I'd bring a lot of uh, fun and character into that too no worries so my twitter if fans want to get hold of me and moan about anything and claim my hot takes are a bit too hot it's at jack duffin that's j-a-c-k-d-u-f-f-i-n and paul if they want to recommend guests or if they want to get in touch with you about what's going on What's your Twitter? It's uh, Paul Brown underscore UK.
And uh, Ryan, just to finish up with, we have we have a guest question tonight. Oh. TJ from London wants to know what happened to you in Vegas, 2014, in a gentleman's club. <laughs> oh man, do I am I keeping it PG related on this podcast, or do we uh, do we uh, cut loose a little bit here? You cut loose. All right, all right. Well, uh, yeah, that was, uh, I guess that was three years ago. It was a fun little story. Uh, we all went to Vegas, and uh, uh, first night we went out, we went to a, a, a Stuart Strip Club, uh, and, uh, you know, there's my buddy TJ, my buddy Brad are sitting around, a couple other people, and uh, all of a sudden one of the strippers approaches me, and she's like, oh, hey, why don't we go upstairs? And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, went upstairs and was just kind of going with the flow of things, not really paying attention. And, uh, you know, a nice lap dance lasted about an hour and, uh, you know, she's going around and, uh, yeah, some other things. And, uh, I was like, okay. And, uh, I was like, all right, I got out and they're like, all right, well now it's, now it's time to pay. I was like, okay. She's like, well, you're here for an hour. We had four drinks here. We had this, this and that. Yeah. It's gonna be $500. I was like, huh, what? I was like, yeah, I'm a broke college student. I don't have that money. She's just like, yeah, it's five hundred dollars, and there's a big, gigantic bouncer sitting around the corner, and I was just sitting there looking, and I was just like, I, okay, I have the money. <laughs> so I go to the ATM and pull it out, whip out five hundred dollars, and uh, yeah, I was tell that story to Brad and TJ. They're like, what happened? You're like, what did you get late, man? And I was just like, no. She's like, well, did she blow you? No. So what happened? You gave me a hand job. So you paid five hundred dollars for a hand job in Vegas? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I'm in Vegas in uh, three weeks. So wish me luck. Yeah. Well, I say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. In that case, you know that one didn't particularly stay in Vegas. Too funny of a story. Massive uh, screw up by me. But you know, hey, it's uh, all in good times. No, no good story ever came from doing something boring. It came from doing something either great or you just really, really screwed up. Yeah. So, and that's uh, more of the latter than the former on that one. I have to say for me. So. All right, Ryan. Well, look, I look forward to seeing you in London. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and uh, top tip, mate, stay away from them strip clubs, yeah? Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to stay away from that. <laughs> All right. Take care, Ryan. All right, dude. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. No thanks worries. for coming on. Cheers, pal. Yeah.